series we're going to be starting tonight. So turn in your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I didn't make it very far into this study because we're going to stay on verse number 1 tonight. But I'm going to give you something that probably you haven't even thought about really before. Maybe you have or maybe you've, maybe you've thought about it and that's as far as you got. But um, we're going we're gonna to start into this book of James and, uh, and start going through it verse by verse, but really more section by section. I'm, I'm not going to take years on this. Um, it might be a couple months that we spend in the book, um, but I, I want to do this with several books, and um, we're going to start here with the book of James. Now, James, along with, well, let me ask you this, all right? How should I ask it? Let me ask, let, let me ask it this way, all right? James... First and Second Peter, First and Second, Third John, and Jude. Do you have any idea what those books together are called? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are called what? The Gospels. All right. So James, First and Second Peter, First and Second, Third John, and Jude are called what? Do you know? Hannah. The general epistles. Very good. What's a general epistle? It means it was not addressed to any one person or any group of people, right? It wasn't addressed to a church. It wasn't addressed like to the Corinthians or the Ephesians or the Galatians, right? It was just, it was just a general epistle. James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd, 3rd John, and Jude are all considered general epistles. So the first thing that we need to establish, all right, let's, let's just read James chapter 1 and verse number 1. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. So we know that the author of the book is James, but do we know which James that is? Do you know how many James, Jameses, there are in the New Testament? Four? Yes, you're right. Uh, three, technically four, if, uh, if, if, if you're reading the wrong commentary or reading a wrong version of the Bible. Uh, my commentary actually said that. So I started looking it up, and I was like, all right, let's figure this out and see how many Jameses there are and see which James this is that's the author of the book of James. So that's what I'm going to do a study on tonight. We're going to look at the four different Jameses in the Bible and see who they are. You've, you've, you've read their names before, right? You've heard of James, but which James is this? Which James was the Peter, James, and John, right? I mean, we, we heard them all. Is that the James that wrote this book, or is it not? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not asking a question. I'm trying to get you to think about that tonight and, uh, see if you can kind of make it a little bit, uh, straighten it out a little bit in your own mind, but then we're going to go. So three men are actually named James in the new Testament Four, if you're using the wrong version of the Bible. The first one is this, all right, James, the father of Judas, not Judas Iscariot, um, is mentioned twice as the father of one of the disciples, but he's otherwise completely unknown. I've got, I want you to turn to a lot of passages with me tonight. Okay. Uh, we're going to look at a lot of different verses. We're going to be moving around a lot, comparing these different things, so you can see what I'm talking about and, and uh, understand where we're coming from with these. So look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And if you get there and you got an extra finger or an extra bookmark, then go to Acts chapter 1, because we're going to look at both of those passages. In fact, we're going to do that with several things tonight. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to try as much as possible to give you time to get there. I'll try to give it to you ahead of time before we get there so you have time to turn, but uh, I'll try to give you a couple passages at a time, maybe. But James, the father of Judas, not Judas Iscariot, because he was one of the disciples as well. Um, but the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, in verse number 16, 
and Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. So we have Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which was also the traitor. All right, so two different Judases. One is Judas, one's Judas Iscariot. Look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse number 13. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. Now, notice what I said. I put James the father of Judas, right? What did we just read? Judas, the brother of James, right? It's a statement I came across as I was studying this out. It's clearly not what the Bible says. So when I looked at a couple different versions of the Bible, they all said Judas, the son of James, which is not, I mean, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible very clearly in both of these passages where it's mentioned said Judas, the brother of James. So I, I think this is, this is talking about the, the same, uh, 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 same James, all right? Um, not, not a different one here. Uh, and so that's why I say there's not really four. There's only three. Uh, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. I, 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 I studied it out for an hour at least as I was trying to find who, how. Because several people, even people that I, that I trust as commentators, said it was the, uh, that James was the father of, of uh, Judas. But I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. I can't find it anywhere in the Bible. And twice it very clearly says that, uh, that he was the brother of James. So... Um, that's the statement that I, that, I, that I put there, James, the father of Judas, but he's actually not the father of Judas. He's the brother of Judas. So that's one of the four Jameses. The, the other three we know for sure are in the Bible. So let's go to Matthew chapter 10 and Mark chapter 16. Matthew chapter 10 and Mark chapter 16. The next one is James, the son of Alphaeus, and maybe you recognize him as well. He's mentioned 10 times in the New Testament, but we know very little about this James other than the fact that he was mentioned a few times, mentioned in a few lists here and there, uh, had a couple different names that he went by, uh, which we'll mention in just a minute. But his father was Alphaeus. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 3, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus and Labaius, whose surname was Thaddeus. So uh, that's, they're, all, they're all talking about uh, disciples, obviously, but James, the son of Alphaeus, we have mentioned there. And then, of course, his mother was Mary, and we see that in Mark chapter 16. Now, this is pretty interesting as well, uh, because in Mark chapter 16, the, the crucifixion and all of that stuff is taking place. And so, Verse number one of Mark chapter 16, there were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph and Salome. So he's called James the Less. Now, could you imagine being James the Less, right? I mean, you have James the Greater and James the Less, and I'm James the Less. Nice to meet you, you know? Uh, and, and the Bible doesn't tell us why. It doesn't tell us why he's the Less. It doesn't, uh, you know, who knows if he's shorter who knows if he's, uh, um, you know, uh, younger? I don't know. But, but no doubt, to differentiate them, the Bible calls him James the Less. Now, James, the son of Alphaeus, is one of the unknown apostles. We know nothing in particular about him, uh, about his character. None of his individual actions are recorded in the Scripture. Now, he is mentioned as being in the upper room in, uh, as the disciples are praying for the uh, promise of the Father, in Acts chapter 1, which we'll read in a little bit, we already read verse 13, and, and of course, he is listed there as James, the son of Alphaeus, 
in that, number, in that verse, but then he disappears out of the divine record. He's not, he's, we don't see him anymore. It's worth pointing this out and, and differentiating between the Jameses because some people have tried to identify him as uh, the same James who is the brother of Jesus. But since, in fact, t- turn over to John chapter 7. This is something that maybe you haven't noticed before either, but it sticks out when you start looking at it in this light. John chapter number 7 it would be impossible for James, the son of Alphaeus, to be James, the brother of Jesus, because he was a disciple of Jesus Christ, right? And the Bible says in John, in John chapter 7 and verse number 5, actually, let's, let's just jump back a couple verses, verse number 3, hence his, his brethren therefore said unto him, depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. Thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Verse 5, for neither did his brethren believe in him. Well, how can you be a disciple of Jesus and not believe in him? It's not the same person. It's, and it's very interesting to point out. In fact, turn over to Mark chapter 3. Jesus' family even tried to restrain him at one point. Matthew chapter, uh, sorry, Mark, Mark chapter 3, verse number 21. And uh, some of his friends did the same thing. They, they thought he was mad. Um, but but um, Mark chapter 3 and verse number 20, and the multitude cometh together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, he is beside himself. In other words, he's, he's unbalanced. Something's wrong with him. Verse 31, there came his, then his brethren and his mother and standing without sent unto him, calling him. And the multitude sat about him and they said unto him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brother? And he looked around about them, which sat, sat about him, and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. But even his family was like, We've got to get him out of there. Something's wrong with him. And they tried to pull him out. Um, Jude was one of, of Jesus' half-brothers. He was a full brother to James. We find that in Jude 1 and then Mark chapter 6 and verse number 3. But turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll mention this again in a little bit, but I want to actually bring it up now because it's pretty interesting to note that we just read in John chapter 7 that his brothers didn't believe in him, which is pretty interesting. You'd think that if you grew up with a brother, and, and maybe you know, maybe because they did grow up with him, uh, they just thought of him as a brother and not as the Messiah or but how do you not notice that Jesus is perfect? How do you not notice, you know, uh, what he was doing in the temple at 12 years old and, 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 you know, having the conversations with the doctors and the rabbis and all of those people? And they saw all of that growing up. Jesus didn't begin his ministry until he was 30. So they had plenty of time to see his life and to see everything about him and to know that there was something different about him. But they didn't believe in him until after he died. And we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that basically their conversion came at the time of Jesus' resurrection appearances, and Christ appeared personally to James. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 7, it says, After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. By the time, and, and, and this, I'm talking about James, the brother of Jesus here, all right? I'm, I know I'm skipping around just a little bit, but what I'm telling you is James, the son of Alphaeus, cannot be James, the brother of Jesus. All right, by the time these believers gathered in the upper room to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit, Jesus' brothers were with them. And uh, we'll see that in Acts chapter 1 here in just a little bit. But his disappearance, James the son of Alphaeus' disappearance, 
Scripture doesn't mean that he didn't accomplish anything further from God, for God. In fact, uh, after we read a list of all these disciples that were in the upper room in Acts chapter 1 and verse 13, there's a lot of them that are never mentioned again by name. doesn't mean they all disappeared off the scene. doesn't mean they didn't do anything else for God. It just means that they weren't mentioned again for whatever reason. But that being the case, it's pretty hard to make the argument that this is the James that wrote the book in the New Testament, James the son of Alphaeus. The third one, or the second one, depending on how you're counting, um, is James the son of Zebedee. Whose brother is this James the son of Zebedee? John. Yeah, the apostle John. Turn over to Matthew chapter 10, and uh, we're going to look at Matthew 4 as well, but we'll, we'll, you'll be close enough that you can just turn back a couple pages. But the, the greatest number of Bible references, 21 references, refers to James, the son of Zebedee, and the brother of the Apostle John. And uh, 21 different times his name is mentioned, but in Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 2, now the names of the 12 apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Now he's almost certainly the older brother of John. Now the Bible doesn't tell us that, but 17 out of the 18 times that they're listed together, James comes first. Um, there's only one exception to that. It's in Luke chapter 9, but, but almost every single time he's mentioned first when they're listed together. But James worked with his brother John, with their father Zebedee, and with Simon Peter in the fishing business in the Sea of Galilee. And we have a lot of different references there in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John that talk about that. Um, but he certainly had been a follower of John the Baptist, as, as were all the early disciples. In fact, turn over to Acts chapter 1. Just keep your finger there because we're coming back to Matthew, but Acts chapter 1 and verse number 21. Wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptisms of John unto that same day when he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So, they had all been followers of John the Baptist, as uh, all the early disciples were. But uh, Matthew chapter 4, James, the son of Zebedee, immediately answered the call to follow Christ when he got that call. And we find that in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 18. Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee... And this is, this is going to be great when we get to the point where we're actually talking about the Sea of Galilee and pointing out all the different places... Hopefully this will mean a lot more to you, and uh, you'll see the pictures, and it'll give you a great picture in your mind. As I'm reading this, I'm picturing these things in my mind. But Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Right, Charlie? They were fishermen. And they saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw... Other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Christ called them, they answered. But this is James the son of Zebedee. Now, here's an interesting thing, and I'm not going to take the time to go through all these different passages because there's a lot, and most of these stories you're pretty familiar with. But Jesus actually drew James into the inner circle. When you think of the inner circle, who do you think of? Peter, James, and John, and sometimes there's another one that got drawn in a few times at that inner circle, kind of the bigger inner circle. 
Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew. So Peter, James, and John, and then sometimes Andrew was included in that as well. But only Peter, James, and John went up with Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration, right? Only these three were taken to see the raising of Jairus from the dead, Jairus' daughter from the dead. Only these three were in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus prayed and asked the, that the cup would, would, would pass from him. Only those three were there. So James, the son of Zebedee, was, was in that inner circle. And like I mentioned on a couple occasions, Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 13, Andrew was included in, with those three. Uh, but, but he knew Jesus Christ in a way that most people did not know Jesus. He, he saw him in those moments when Jesus was really the most vulnerable, if you will, and when he was most glorified and, and in all of those situations. But James was not destined to be uh, visibly recognized the same way that Peter and John were. Um, James's life was cut short. In fact, turn to Acts chapter 12. Probably about a dozen years or so after the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, somewhere around A.D. 44. When, when did Jesus die? Do you know the date, the, the year that Jesus died? About. You would think that it would be A.D. 33. It's actually A.D. 30. Now, Jesus was 33 when he died, but they actually put the birth of Jesus Christ at 4 B.C. <laughs> it does go, go figure how that makes sense, but... The way they, the, you know, obviously they didn't, they didn't count down until the birth of Jesus Christ and then stop, start counting up, right? They didn't know when Jesus was going to be born. The dates didn't shift until after that and everything else. So now we're looking back at the day that he came. And so av after all the dates are shuffled and shifted and fit in with where they're supposed to be, Jesus was actually born in about 4 B.C. So he died in about A.D. 30, which kind of throws our thinking off just a little bit, but uh, somewhere around A.D. 44, James suffered as the first of the apostles to die as a martyr. Now, he was not the first martyr. Who was the first martyr? Stephen. And where do we find his death? Acts 7, right? Acts chapter 7, we find his martyrdom. But James um, was the first of the apostles. Look at Acts chapter 12 and verse number 1. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So concerning the author of this book, James, that we're going to be looking at, James, the son of Zebedee, is actually an interesting possibility. Now, nobody knows for sure who wrote the book of James. All right? I'm just going to lay that out there. There's a pretty, you know, we're pretty sure we know who it is. I say we, but we're pretty sure we know who it is. But, but nobody does know for sure. And James has kind of been written off as, as a possibility for writing this book because, oh, he got killed. But he was killed a, a dozen, 12, 13, 14 years after Jesus died, right? 12, 13, 14 years is enough time to do what he did. I mean, it's not a long book, and, and it's, it's a possibility that he could. And being that he was in the inner circle and that the others who were in the inner circle, Peter and John, also both wrote books doesn't mean that James had to because they did, but they were there. They wrote books, and it's a possibility that, that this is the James that, and, 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 and the fact that he was part of the inner circle could lend credibility to the fact that he was the author of this book. He died very, very early, but, and we're going to see this in a little bit, the book of James was actually written very early as well. In fact, it's one of the earliest books in the New Testament. Uh, James was written very early, and there's a few things that we can look at that'll, that'll point us in that direction, but 
He's usually opposed as the choice for writing this book because of his early death and because he writes to, in fact, go back to James chapter 1 again, all right? Look who he writes this to. James chapter 1 and verse number 1. To the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. So he probably died a little bit too early for all the believers to be scattered abroad. But what happened at Pentecost? Jews came in from all over the place. And it was Jews at Pentecost, but they came in from everywhere. And they got saved, and some of them went back to their home. And so is this the Jews that they're talking about that were spread everywhere? Who knows? I mean, he, he goes right into, in verse number two, all the way really through the end of, of, of the first chapter, talking about persecution. So you would think that the Jews that were scattered were scattered because of the persecution, but it could have been that they were scattered because they came in, got saved at Pentecost, and went back. Who knows? But his early death, by most counts, he was killed about a, a, a 12 years or so after the death of Jesus Christ. That was long enough for him to write a book uh, to the Jews that were scattered abroad. Probably not, but who knows? This at least leaves the possibility open that it could have been James, the son of Zebedee. But let's look at Mark chapter 6, and we're going to look at the final James that we know about in the New Testament, and that is James, the brother of Jesus. And I'll tell you this, this is most likely the James that wrote the book of James, the author of this epistle. And this is the one that I, that I feel is the author of the book of James for several reasons, and I'm going to explain those to you in a little bit. But he was a leader in the church at Jerusalem. And he was very highly respected as a senior pastor elder, if you will. And there's a few things that we can look at. But, you know, the interesting thing is, as we already mentioned, this James was not one of the 12 disciples, but he was the brother of Jesus in the flesh, he was, meaning he was born to Mary and Joseph. Now, we say half-brother because Joseph was not the father of Jesus. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit was technically the father of Jesus, if you will. Um, but his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, had several more children after Jesus was born. But he's one of the four brothers, James, is one of the four brothers that's mentioned, uh, that Jesus mentioned by the, um, sorry, that was one of the four brothers of Jesus that was mentioned by the Jews in Nazareth. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. So they, they are pointing it out. This is the carpenter's son. Here's his brothers. Aren't his sisters here too? They're, they're pointing out essentially his lineage. So, uh, his lineage. so these, these later sons of Mary actually will explain why in Luke chapter 2, um, in verse number 7, the Bible says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Jesus was the first. He was the oldest. And then... Uh, obviously, Mary and Joseph, you know the whole story. They, uh, Joseph and Mary were espoused to each other. They obviously got married after that, and they had uh, a good number of them. They had four sons, and the Bible doesn't tell us, to my knowledge, how many sisters he had, but there's sisters, plural, so he had at least two of those. And so uh, they, they were obviously, they were offended at Jesus, but they, they gave all that information there. But the attempts by some people to make uh, Jesus and James and all the rest of these cousins um, instead of brothers of Jesus are really just bad attempts to deny Scripture. They're trying to deny that the Bible is the Word of God and everything else, and so they say, well, these were not actually brothers. They were, these were cousins of Jesus. The Bible says very plainly that they were brothers and, and sisters. So turn to Acts chapter 1. I need to remind you that this James, 
would be included in the brethren of Jesus who did not believe in him while he was in his earthly ministry. Uh, we read that in John chapter 7, verse 5. But something happened around the time of, of Christ's crucifixion and his resurrection. For one thing, as we already mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus made that special appearance to James. But then we see that Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brethren prayed in the upper room before the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now, that's really interesting. Somewhere in that time period, James became a convert, if you will. And he started to believe that Jesus actually was the Messiah. By that point, somehow he's a believer and he's a disciple. And we don't read about James again until after the death of James, the son of Zebedee, in Acts chapter 12. But turn to Acts chapter 12, and we're going to look here because this is where we see him pop back up again. You know the story of how, uh, well, Herod kills James, and uh, verse number 3 of Acts chapter 12. So verse 2, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Verse 3, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, and when they, had, when they had apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers, as 16 soldiers that were there to guard Peter. And you know the, the rest of the story, right? The angel came. Of course, all, of the, all the Jews were in there praying that God would release Peter. And the angel came and released Peter, and he's over there banging on the door, and they were telling him, hey, go away. We're praying for Peter, right? And finally, Peter was like, hey, it's me. And they were shocked, the Bible says in... in uh, Verse number 16, but Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And then this is where we see James pop back up, verse number 17. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison, and he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. So Peter, by that point, is already starting to recognize that James was in a position of leadership and was in a respected position. We don't see him from the upper room until this time, but in that time, James had established himself, or I shouldn't say he had established himself. Jesus had established him and put him in a prominent place there at, in the church at Jerusalem. And so uh, a couple other things that we'll see here, and uh, you can turn over to Galatians chapter 1, because Paul also confirms that this same James was the brother of Jesus. Galatians chapter 1 just so we're not confusing this James with another James, um, the, the one who is the pastor of the church there at Jerusalem is the brother of Jesus. Because after his salvation, he went up to, to Jerusalem, Paul, that is, went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. And while he was there, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 18, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other of the apostles saw I none save James the Lord's brother. Well, there's, there's not really much of a question which James we're talking about here, and he's at Jerusalem. He goes to see Peter. He didn't see anybody else for the time that he was there except for James, and he calls him very plainly the Lord's brother. Now, let's turn over to Acts chapter 15. This is actually really interesting as well, and something that probably, if, you, if you're not looking at it in this light, maybe you've skipped over this before too, because in the same passage in Acts where we read about... Um, uh, Peter being miraculously free, freed from prison, and it kind of continues on there. But in Acts chapter 15, there's a council that takes place there in Jerusalem. 
There's a debate that's going on, and, and I don't have time to get into all of this. We will get into some of this uh, as we get into the book of James, because some of it matters. But what's happening here is that there's a debate over the Gentiles keeping the law. Some of these Gentiles were getting saved. Should the Gentiles be forced to keep the Jewish laws? That's what the question was. Well, the Jews are keeping the laws, so if these Gentiles are going to be saved, then they have to keep the law too, right? Now, that's what the debate was. And they, they had a lot of different things that were going. Peter talks about it. Verse 12, Paul and Barnabas get up there and talk about it. Uh, Paul, verse, then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. So then we get into verse number 13. And after they had held their peace. So basically, James really is the moderator of this whole thing. And you can tell that by the context when you start reading what we're going to read. They all give their sides. Yes, the Gentiles ought to do this. No, the Gentiles shouldn't do this. No, the Jews shouldn't have to do this. Only the Jews should have to do this. I mean, everybody, everybody was giving their opinion about this whole thing. It's a council. They're trying to decide. They're trying to come down to a conclusion on this. So verse 13, and after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up again, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols, and from fornication, and from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Now, very interesting. James has the authority in that statement that we find there in verse number 19. Wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble them not. So James essentially was the judge in this situation. Why? Because he was the pastor of the church there at Jerusalem. The church at Jerusalem was the church. Now, others had sprouted up. Others, others were, were out there. Paul and Barnabas had gone on missionary journeys at that point. But it comes down to the fact that there's this argument that's going on between all of these good men. And James, as the pastor of that church that they were all sent from, essentially says, all right, I've heard everybody's argument. I've heard everything you have to say. This is what we're going to do. And then you read on through the rest. Of it. It's actually a really interesting story. Verse 22, Then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabbas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner, The apostles and the elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your soul, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. Seems good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from meats offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well, fare ye well. That's the letter that they sent out. So they come to this conclusion, 
And now they say, all right, this is our, this is our conclusion. Now we need to tell the Gentiles the conclusion that we've come to. Let's send them letters. Those letters can get there. And then Silas and um, who's the other one? Judas. Silas and Judas are going to come and they're going to explain these things to you. There's a lot of people coming in saying that if you're going to be saved, then you've got to do exactly what the Jews do. You've got to follow all these laws that the Jews follow. No, no, no. We're telling you now, this is something, we never said that. This is not something, you don't have to continue to keep the law in order to be saved. Here's a few things that you should do. Here's a few things you need to pay attention to. But other than that, you'll do well if you just follow the word of God. So after that decision, the other apostles and the elders agreed. and They sent out those letters. James continued to be a force in the church at Jerusalem, and by all accounts, he was considered the senior pastor there at, uh, at Jerusalem. Now look at this in Galatians chapter 2. Uh, Paul recognized James along with Cephas, or as we know, Peter and John, so Peter, James, and John, to be pillars in the church. Galatians chapter 2, and we use that term sometimes. Uh, it's a biblical term, Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me Barnabas, the right hand of, to, to me and Barnabas, the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. So Peter, James, and John, they were going to go to the Jews. Paul, Barnabas, others that went with them, they were going to go to the Gentiles. But he said, Peter, James, and John were pillars. And Look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 12, because he also speaks of, of receiving certain men who came from James. For before that certain men came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. Talking about Peter. And that's where Peter and Paul had that, had that, uh, uh, that concision. But the last personal reference to James comes late in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 21, when Paul came to Jerusalem. Paul was received of James, who encouraged him to take a vow with the Jews to demonstrate his continuation in Jewish practices. Now, this is a pretty interesting thing here. James, James is very Jewish, and there's nothing wrong with that. He was not counting on following the law of the Jews in order to be saved. He wasn't counting on that at all, but there was, there was a lot of Jewish laws that James continued to follow, and he encouraged those at Jerusalem who were Jews to continue to follow. Now, you notice what he said, and we just talked about that. He said the Gentiles are not Jews. They don't have to continue to do these things. They're not Jews. We do because we are. So in Acts chapter 21 and verse number 18, it says this, well, verse 17, when we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. This is talking, Paul talking. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. When he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. When they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law. And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after their customs. What is it therefore? The multitude must needs come together, for they will hear that thou art come. Do therefore this that we say to thee, we have four men which have a vow on them. 
them take and purify thyself with them and be at charges with them that they may shave their heads and all may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning thee are nothing, but that thou also walkest orderly and keepest the law. As touching the Gentiles which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such things, save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols and from blood and from strangled and from fornication. Then Paul took them in and the next day, purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. Now, this is a really interesting thing here. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might by some means win some, right? Or basically by any means win some. And Paul comes to Jerusalem. Well, Paul had been with the Gentiles mostly. And he had been telling the Gentiles and even the Jews that were there with the Gentiles, you don't need to do all this stuff. You're not, you don't need to be circumcised. You don't need to do all of this stuff. And that was perfectly fine for the Gentiles, and, but now Paul comes back to Jerusalem. And James says, listen, there's a lot of stuff being stirred up here. The fact that you are saying all of these things that they don't have to do anymore is, is causing a lot of contention. You can erase all of that contention by just going through that purification process the same way that these, we got four men who are going through that purification process. Finishes tomorrow. Go through that purification process with them, and you can erase all of it. We've already made very clear, and he says that in verse 25, we've already made very clear that the Gentiles don't need any of this stuff, right? Other than these four things that he's mentioned more than once. He said, but you can, you can clear all of this up and let everybody know that you still will follow the laws of the Jews if that's what's necessary, and that the laws that the Jews are following are not unnecessary or not things that, you know, that, that they shouldn't be doing, so to speak. So Paul did it. Now, it didn't turn out so well for Paul. He ended up, he ended up in prison. But uh, it shows the character of the Christianity of James. James never left his Jewish practices. And as long as they were not violating the teaching of Christ, he encouraged them to follow the law. And, and tr traditionally, he is known for his extreme strictness to the law, and he's called James the Just for that reason. But God used him in a great way in the church of Jerusalem. And they, that church at Jerusalem was an evangelistic church. I mean, they were going out and winning souls and starting churches and sending out missionaries and doing all of these things. And James, for all of those years, was the pastor of that church. He's very Jewish in his Christianity. And, and really, James, the book of James, is the most Jewish of all of the epistles, which is another reason why it's very likely that this James, the brother of Jesus, was the one who wrote the book of James uh, here in the New Testament, but all of that, that points to James, the Lord's brother, as being the author of that book. Now, here's, here's something that's very interesting. James was actually martyred in a, in a very horrific way. Uh, this is not recorded in the Bible, but according to Josephus, who is a Jewish historian, and a lot of the things that Josephus said actually backed up the biblical account, but James was martyred in A.D. 62, so AD 30, Jesus dies. Not long after that, uh, he, James becomes the pastor there of that church at Jerusalem, Pentecost and all of that stuff. So for 30 plus years, James was the pastor there at that church in Jerusalem. But in AD 62 or thereabout, the high priest Ananus and the scribes and Pharisees got the Sanhedrin together uh, at the Passover and they commanded James, here's the quote from Josephus, commanded James, the brother of Jesus, who was called Christ, to proclaim from one of the galleries of the temple that Jesus was not the Messiah. And instead of saying that Jesus was not the Messiah, James got up and he said the exact opposite. 
And they were so angry at him, they picked him up and they threw him over the balcony of, of, that, of, that, um, of the place where the Sanhedrin met. And then they started stoning him and un, until eventually somebody had mercy on him, hit him in the head with a club and killed him. That's how James died, for standing up and saying that, no, Jesus Christ, his own brother, Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And that's the spiritual character of a man who had known Jesus longer than anybody else. He knew Jesus when he was just a little kid. He knew Jesus through his teen years. He knew Jesus through uh, his ministry. He knew Jesus even after the resurrection, and he saw all of those things happen, and he became one of the strongest believers in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, like all the rest of those people. Well, let me mention this, and then we'll, we'll finish up here. Uh, let's stop. Let's stop. I don't want to get too far into this and, and not be able to finish up. We'll, we'll finish later. But interesting study, I think, and um, three different Jameses, possibly four, and uh, maybe if you, if you find something about that, I tried. I, I looked and looked and looked, and I couldn't find anything about that first James other than the fact that he was the brother of um, the brother of, of uh, Judas. But maybe you have a different opinion, and that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it later. All right, let's pray, and we'll be done for tonight. Father, we love you. Give me thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for what we find here in the Word of God. God, I pray that you'd help us, especially as we go forward and Studying through this book of James, what a, what a tremendous book it is that, that focuses on our faith and our faith and our works together. God, I pray that you would just help us to understand these things and that it would be an encouragement to us as we go through it. Thank you for all that you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen.